Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. How's it going, everyone? This is episode number 19 of The Truth of the Matter Is. We hope all is well, and we want to thank you for tuning in. I'm Daniel, your host, and I'm here with the usual culprit, Mr. Jonathan. So I know I'm not supposed to bring up football, but you have to admit, we definitely slept well last Sunday because both of our teams won. Isn't that right? Yeah, definitely. I actually felt good that both of our teams were winners last Sunday. So, you know, I have to agree with you. You know, in life, the ultimate goal is to win, right? Everyone wants to be a winner. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yes and no. Okay, well, so why do you say no? Well, my thing is just to make sure that the mission gets accomplished and I, you know I do my best that's always been my goal making sure that I'm putting effort in doing my best the winning and winning and losing just kind of comes based off that okay so you know when you think about sports such as football basketball soccer baseball boxing tennis and hockey there's someone in front of you there's a opposition there's competition you're competing against another as members in the body of Christ, we are actually competing against ourselves. Now, the verse that says, there's a verse that says in Romans that we should be mutually encouraged by one another's faith, right? So keep in mind that there are members across this nation that are going through the same things you are going through. However, we must make decisions independently. That's how it is. We have to make decisions independently. We all came into this world by ourselves. And we will leave by ourselves. When our time is up, we will all face our maker as well by ourselves. So remember, while we are here on earth, we can help one another out by providing godly wisdom, godly discernment, godly judgment, and being able to be the best ambassadors for Christ as we possibly could be. Now, one sport that would be comparable to self-competition what happened to be golf you know i did a little bit golf when i was in california it's not that bad very challenging and difficult but once you get the hang of it it's actually pretty good and Hmm. golf you know it's it's about your overall score it's about the productivity that you have going against yourself it's a sport that is compared and pinned against others to determine a winner or a loser So when we look at ourselves, we shouldn't compare ourselves to others. But remember that we live our lives on levels and we arrive in stages. Let me repeat that one more time. We live our lives on levels and arrive in stages. We live our life on levels and arrive in stages. So the goal is to be the best you can be. 
So I second what you just said. You got to be the best that you can be, right? And the purpose is to use your gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given you to flourish in life. This is the truth of the matter is. So there is a scripture for what I have illustrated. So Daniel, do you mind reading Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 25, please? Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So, looking at this verse here, Paul is saying as ambassadors of Christ, those who preach the gospel or even share the gospel, there are no losers, right? You're not a loser. Everyone is a winner in the body of Christ. You know, I believe it is said in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4, when the chief shepherd appears, you know, on a side note, which is Jesus Christ, he calls himself the good shepherd in the gospel of John, by the way. Let me read. Let me continue. So when the chief shepherd appears, you receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. So remember, there is no competition in the body of Christ. All members are loved and acknowledged by God. We are all equal. We are all created in his image. Right? He shows no favoritism. Right? So there's a scripture that is said in Proverbs 11 verse 30 that says, He who wins souls is wise. He who wins souls is wise. So the point here is to run your own race and do it to the best of your ability. No one else's ability, but your own. So Daniel, how about we get started in some prayer? Okay. Let's all bow our heads or throw the energy out of the room and let's get into it. Yeah, so speaking of prayer, that's what the topic is for today. So let's get started. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for this day and every other day that we are given. We know that life is a gift, and therefore, we don't take that for granted. So we ask for your guidance and direction as we break down what I believe to be a powerful prayer and, you know, give an explanation of exactly what that looks like. We know that anything we put in your hands or that you touch will grow. So we ask that you place your hands on us. We come into your presence because we desire wisdom and instruction. So Lord, we ask that you please provide a way that we may receive it. We say these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So there's something that I want people to understand about scripture. For starters, as I mentioned in the very first episode when we did our first episode I mentioned something about Herman Newix but one of the most important things I brought up is that context matter in most cases reading a whole chapter in a book of the Bible matters it is important to make that a practice because understanding the meaning behind each transition from one point to the next in the Bible is critical when a person doesn't pay attention to that 
what happens is that they start to take scripture out of context and create their own narrative, which is extremely dangerous. Okay, that's something that you don't want to do. So I ask that we keep our eyes open and our ears listening and not to jump to conclusions. Let scripture interpret itself and take time to understand it. Sometimes we won't understand everything right away. Sometimes you need time to unpack it. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Today, we are going to talk about prayer. Okay. And I'm going to give you an example of how I pray personally. You know, I know there was an episode way back when me and Daniel, I actually allowed Daniel to lead us in prayer. And he gave us part of the Lord's Prayer. And I know that most people are familiar with the Lord's Prayer. However, I'm going to step out a little bit from there. I remember also in that conversation that I was going to give Daniel a few explanations on why I think it's essential and important to mention Jesus in the prayer. So I hope I can give him some insight as well, right? So I want people to understand that it's important to understand that there are prayers that are effective and rooted in scripture. Now, let me be clear about something else. God hears all prayers that people give him. Even the prayers of non-believers. So I am not saying my prayer is better than anyone else's. I'm just providing a suggestive prayer. And I hope to give you something that you can consider and possibly rethink. This prayer that I created is rooted in biblical verses. And at the end, I will provide a model. So today, there is no devotion. The devotion will be the finished product of the prayer that I will create based upon these suggestive standards. You are more than welcome to take notes and make record of all the verses that I use. Now, before we begin, let me take, let's take a look at a verse that inspired me to share my prayer structure. And I know we have gone through several chapters and multiple verses, but in this case, it was only a single verse that was needed to inspire me. Nothing more, nothing less. So I want you to understand sometimes in the Bible, one verse could be all that you need. And at other times, the chapter itself and the context matters as well. So, Daniel, would you mind reading the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 12, please? Now, at this time, Jesus went off to the mountain to pray, to pray. And he spent the whole night in prayer to God. So simple, right? but yet very powerful. Only one verse. If you remember last week, we were in a few verses back. We were in chapter 6. And there are two separate Sabbaths recorded that we talked about, right? Which Jesus proclaimed in one, he was Lord over the Sabbath. And in the other one, he t- talked about how he healed a man. So Daniel, could you reread, could you reread Luke chapter 6, verses 6 to 11 to remind the people, please? We're going in a different direction here, so please bear with us. On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and taught. And a man was present whose right hand was withered. The scribes and the Pharisees were watching him closely with malice intent to see if he would actually heal someone on the Sabbath. So, 
that they may find a reason to accuse him. But he was aware of their thoughts. And he said to the man with the wooden hand, Get up and come forward. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you directly, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil? To save a life or to destroy it? After looking around at them all, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he did. And his hand was fully restored. But the scribes and the Pharisees were filled with senseless rage and lacked spiritual insight and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. So here you have Jesus healing on the Sabbath. The scribes and the Pharisees were full of rage. And the most essential point here that leads me into Luke 6, 12 is this point right here. It says that, and they had a discussion on what they intended to do with Jesus. They had a discussion on what they intended to do to Jesus. So now we're going to address and unpack Luke 6, 12, right? So Jesus, after healing the man, departed to pray with God. And the prayer wasn't short. It wasn't a short prayer. In fact, it was a prayer that took the whole night, which is interesting, right? In fact, there's a pattern. So remember I said that the Bible is full of patterns, principles, and precepts. So when you check out Luke chapter 5, verse 15 through 16, it says what, Daniel? The news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So what you have here in Luke 6, 12, and what you have here in Luke 5, 15 through 16 is that what we can learn is that Jesus took the opportunity to pray. Right? Now, I know you might be asking, well, why? What's the point? Is he not the son of God? Why is he praying to God? For one, is it is an example for us, right? So whenever you are experiencing success, right, the natural thing to do is to keep it going, right? Build it up. Maybe start a business and want to keep it flourishing, right? You start to work harder and give even more effort. The reality is that you're possibly in fear of losing it all. So that's the reason why you pursue to continue to put forth that effort because you want to stay on a positive note. So I believe the idea also is that you want to maintain the wealth that you have. If it's that wealth, the cushion that you have. However, let's look at what Jesus does. He actually has the opposite response, right? So when we look at Luke 5, Verses 15 through 16, as the crowd seeked an opportunity to come after him and they increased, he withdrew because he wanted to maintain his connection with God. When Jesus experienced his success or his schedule with meeting when people starts to fill up, he recognizes that it's time to pause, right? And I know this may sound controversial, but I leave, but I believe 
I must say it, right? Building on success sometimes isn't necessarily the best thing to do for what your soul needs. Instead, we should take time and operate in measured steps away to pursue to pursue the opportunity to build your spiritual renewal. Right? Now this doesn't mean leaving your work behind and possibly going off and setting on a journey. Right? The point is whenever you have free moments, your first move should be towards praying, reflecting on scripture. Right? Just reflecting on your day and how it's going. You need to find time to pray, even just for a few minutes, right? Then you'll always find time to get work done because your soul is renewed. I personally think that we should be practicing discipline in ourselves to take quiet time with God. That's one of the reasons why when me and Daniel had a discussion, we thought it was essential to provide a devotional time, right? Also, you know, the opportunities take place at lunch, take place in the morning when you get up, take place when you go to bed, right? Throughout the day, it's important that we continue to do this so that we can build upon our experience success. So on that note, I want to explain what prayer is, right? And this is my definition. This is something that I've learned throughout the years of my time that I've spent with God through my relationship. So prayer is an opportunity that gives you personal access to have a heart-to-heart conversation with God. It's a chance in which you get to share your innermost thoughts, concerns, dreams, and aspirations. Praying has the effect of improving your thought life and reassuring your faith in God. It allows you to elevate your mind to understand what God has done. And not what he is trying to do, but what he has already done. When you pray, it's about seeking strength for your inner being. Because there are going to be moments when your spirit, your spirit is willing. But what falls down is your flesh. Your flesh is weak. So we pray for strength and positivity. And also reminders of doing what is right and good in the presence of God and also in the presence of men because we are ambassadors for Christ so we represent him so here are my four step process when it comes to praying right and every step that I have is backed up by scripture so bear with me so one of the things I like to do when I pray is I start off by acknowledging God so I might say what I did today oh God or heavenly father or Lord, or Father, God. And then what follows up, I think, is the key point here, and that's in the name of Jesus, right? In the name of Jesus. And the reason why is because I believe there's power in his name. There's power in the name of Jesus. So, Daniel, could you read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 through 4, please? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith perfecter of faith for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart in your struggle against sin you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood 
So the meaning here is the blood that Jesus shed was the washing of your sins away, right? Now, the only way that sins could be washed is through the shedding of blood, right? And that's further in the book of Hebrews, which we will cover another time. And it's pretty in-depth stuff. But Jesus became the sacrificial lamb. He fulfilled the Old Testament laws that had priests from generation to generation sacrificing lambs and donkeys for the sins of the village. In the book of Leviticus, right, there's... A list of different sacrifices that were done for the forgiveness of the sins of the people that were doing them at the time, right? Because of Christ, a lot of those traditional things that are rooted in religion and culture is no more. We don't have to do those things anymore. So you can imagine the long lines of animals at the time and all the blood that was being shed to forgive the sins. That's what they did. Right, and Jesus took care of a lot of that stuff. Another important thing is that by glorifying Jesus' name in your prayer, it's a suggestion, but in my opinion, it's necessary, right? Because anyone that believes his death wasn't in vain, we believe that he didn't die for nothing. So now let's look at the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 13 through 14. And this is what Jesus is talking about. So, Daniel, would you mind? I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So this is the main reason why it's important to read your word, because a lot of the answers are why you see a lot of people do things is right in the book. So when we look in the book of Matthew, Chapter 28, verse 10. Daniel, do you want to look at that and read it? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So, when he says you may ask me anything in my name and he would do it, he's being serious because God is being glorified when you glorify Jesus' name. So, that's a good assessment, Daniel. I appreciate that. So, yeah, it's important to understand that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to jesus and i agree with what daniel's saying because of that that's why it's important to know why by glorifying jesus christ you're glorifying god at the same time now let's be clear right there are even more detailed explanations about the same verse that echoes some of the same details about the same point on your own protection so let's look at first john which is a book we've covered before and let's look at Chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. Daniel, take it away. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything in accordance to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. So the slight difference here is the key point. This is what happens when you read scripture. There's multiple verses that we've read already that share the same sentiment. The only difference here is that in 1 John, it points out his will, which means that when we look at a text like Romans 8:28, which says that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. That makes even more sense when we look up Romans 12. Two, which says do not conform to the paths of this world 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I know this is a lot, right? But I want you to understand a few things, right? Let's also make sure that it is important to understand that every statement that you say in your prayer holds power and acknowledgement to God, okay? And it holds power and acknowledgement to God because every verse in the Bible has some sort of view that is essential to providing life for your soul, for your spirit, man. So there are no words that go to waste. A lot of times it's more about taking your time through it to understand the important elements of why each word in there matters. That's the reason why we are breaking down just one verse. And I'm showing you through that one verse, that action that Jesus was performing, praying, having time with God is sort of you sort of helping you understand that just one action, just time with God by yourself is important. So let's talk about my second part that I want to talk about in terms of my prayer. When I pray, I believe it's important to begin with gratitude, right? To talk about what you're thankful for, right? All prayers don't have to be something that you ask in God for or even need, right? Every time that's not something you have to do and have an excuse to want to pray to God. Sometimes you just want to be thankful and appreciative. So examples of what that might be when you're praying and saying is things like, thank you, God. Thank you for another day. Thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. Thank you, Father, for keeping me. Thank you, God, for protecting me. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me when I didn't love myself. Thank you, Jesus, for my family. Thank you, Jesus, for my friends, my husband, my wife. Right. Just telling him thank you for all the things that he's done. Because you don't have the opportunity to see all that he's doing behind the scenes, right? Some of the things that are being done for you, you never even know. That's how much he loves you. Some of the things that are going on, you'll never know, right? Now, there's a bonus element that I want to make, which is a suggestion. This is It's a suggestion and it's optional. Now, in my opinion, what gives you favor with God is knowing his word. That's pretty much what this podcast is about. It's about exposing you and allowing you to have different perspectives and also being able to practically apply some of God's word. Now, one of the things I do to enhance my prayer is to repeat verses back to God, to state scripture, right? And I believe he loves it when you hold him accountable because he's righteous and he's just, right? So here's an example, right? If I'm looking in the book of James chapter 5, verse 16, it says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So what's powerful is the conversation that you have with God. Don't underestimate the time that you spent with God. But instead, be grateful and be thankful for the opportunity that you have to spend time with him in isolation, right? Another important thing here that I want to show you is I want to provide a couple of verses 
that I would add to my prayer. So sometimes you add a couple of verses to your prayer to show God that you're studying yourself approved. So let's look at it as an example, right? I might look at Proverbs 16, 9, and it says, A man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs his step and establishes them. So along with that verse, you can say, Lord, please help me plan and direct my path down to success. Here's another example. Lord, you told me in Psalms 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So Lord, please allow me to build up my desires to help and lead people. Let me work and have a passion for your perfect purpose. Lord, I want a husband. Lord, I want a wife. So I'm, devite, I'm devoting myself to you and I'm praying and hoping that in time you will provide those things for me. Here's another example, right? I think a lot of people know this in Philippians 4.13. Lord, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Lord, I know that I'm weak. I know mentally I'm going through a lot. Can you please help me and give me the strength to make it through the day? Give me the strength to take care of my child. Give me the strength to get to work on time. Give me the strength to do whatever is necessarily important that I need to do right now. I cannot miss out on this opportunity. So provide me the strength that I need to get through the process. And the last example, we'll go back to Philippians, but we'll look at 4.8. And it says, I should think about such things that are noble, true. Right, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, anything that's excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So I would be like, Lord, please filter out my mind with any negativity and provide me with thoughts that are positive, provide me with thoughts that are right, provide me with thoughts that are pure, provide me with ideas that are true and that are noble for my brother and sister or anyone's in relationship with me. Therefore, you know, reminding God of his word lets him know that you're studying yourself proved. And now you are speaking those things in his presence. And by doing that, not only do you believe it, he knows what his word says. And I don't see that it being ever a problem for him to fulfill it. Now, when I go to my third part, right, one of the most important things you have to address is the concerns that you have for other people. Your families, your friends, even your enemies and acquaintances. You might ask why. So I'm going to let Daniel look at and read Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4. What's it say, Daniel? Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also. For the interests of others. So Daniel, read that one more time. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with the humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. So quickly, what do you think of that? That it's important to put other people before yourself. Yeah, like when it comes to praying, I mean, in your own personal prayer life, have you ever made it 
important. Like one of the most important things that I remembered is when we were going through that tough time in regards to like most of New York was flooding. One of the things that you stated is you made sure that you was calling to check out on our father because obviously all those, including myself, that were on the road, there were a lot of cars like not functioning because of the weather. So I was just saying when you pray, obviously, you, you, you know, what's going on with yourself is essential and important. But I'm pretty sure there have been times, especially with our mom and some of the things that she's dealing with health wise you've always made it important to pray for them as well, right? Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Always do that. Okay. So, moving along, the next thing I think is, it's important to express your feelings, your thoughts, you know, to God. Be vulnerable. Let your guard down. Be submissive. Why? Because God's looking at your heart and what he sees, right? So, there's a verse in Second. Thessalonians verse chapter one verse seven it says give he gives relief to those who are troubled to let God know what's going on. Right? He gives relief to those who are troubled. So we have to let God know what's going on. You know, some of the concerns and problems that you have in your personal life, you know, bobbling up inside doesn't always help you. Or does it create more chaos and especially when somebody comes to you at the wrong time, you'll blow up in their face. Right. So I understand, you know, a lot of people are saying, might saying, you know, prayer, you know, is something that you've seen a lot of people do. But it's how much power you give it, how much time that you spend in it, how sincere you're active in it. Right. You have to view these steps as possibilities for you to get in touch with God. Right. And God, you know, as we talked about in episode two, is that our relationship with God is important. And the amount of effort you put into it is what you make it. So if you're not being in touch with God, you're not giving him an opportunity to show up and be present in your life outside of the things that you want, then how are you expecting God to be a blessing over your life? Right? He can only be a blessing over your life if you show him how much you are relying on him and you need him. And when he sees that, I'm pretty sure, I'm almost 100% sure that he doesn't want to see that. Right. I think even at the time when Jesus was on the cross and he said, Lord, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Some people believe that the first drop of rain was a sign of God's sadness to see what was done. Obviously, it's for the greater good and for our benefit. However, some people look at that and and say, well, how could you allow that? How could you not spare your own son? But he did it for the love for us, for the nation, for everyone here. So, you know. I'm pretty sure we all question God's love for us, but we don't understand the significance and the the points he's willing to go, right? So lastly, one of the last things is acknowledging God for who he is, to acknowledge God for what he is basically mean to us, right? To believe in him, to trust in him. So one of the things I like to say is, Lord, I know that you're all-knowing, you're all-powerful. You're mighty. You're the beginning and the end. You're the creator of all things, right? Heaven and earth. With all things, with you, all things are possible, right? Those are things that I think allow him to know that you believe in him, you trust in him, right? And finally, 
the same way that I start my prayer is the same way that I end my prayer. And it's by saying, in Jesus' name I pray. So you end how you start when you give God all the glory, and all the honor, and the praise. And remember that praise that you give Christ is glorifying God. Right? So now that we understand this, and I've given you an example, I've given you some pointers. This is how we will finish the podcast with this prayer that I will provide. But before we do that, is there anything you want to point out, Daniel, in your personal life that you've added in your prayer that could be important and essential for all the listeners out there? Um, no, nah, I actually don't have anything to add. I'm learning like everyone else is. Okay. So here's my example. So sit back and, and like I said, uh, consider it, right? This is a consideration. So, oh God, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you so much for opening up my eyes this morning. I want to thank you for all that you've done. It's because of your son that we have life and we have it more abundantly. Lord, I ask that you wash away all my sins that I've committed, those that I'm aware of and those I, those I am not aware of. Lord, I ask you that you watch over and protect my friends, people like Jennifer, Cody, Daniel, my brother, Jeremiah, Sasha, Patricia, Boca, my friend, Ashley, Griffin, Jordan, Adrian, my brothers, my lovely family and friends. Keep them safe. Shield them from the enemy. Right? One of the most important things is that I ask that you lead us into all truth and keep all negativity behind us lord lord i know all things are possible through you and that you are alpha and omega beginning and creator of all things your name is above all names that i know for sure lord i pray that you keep everyone from any hurt harm or danger protect them on the highways and byways lord i know that with you anything that i ask and that's according to your will you will do lord i ask also that i should put on the Put on the armor of salvation, right? The helmet of the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, right? The chest place of righteousness, my feet being ready for the gospel, the belt of truth. And I ask that in any time, let me almost let me always have on this armor when it's time to go to war to protect myself, to remind me that if I continue having those things on, that I will be ready for war and ready to deal with anything that comes in to attack me. Lord, so I just want to let you know that I love you and I appreciate you. And I thank you for each and every opportunity that I have to share the gospel with others so that they too may be impacted and they too might be followers and they too might be family and members in the body of Christ as one. So with this, Lord, I trust you. I put all my hope in you. I put my total confidence in you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And Lord, I say these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.